Greetings, comrades near and far. Welcome back to Comradical, a comedy podcast about socialism and you. I'm Johnny Samivati, your queer commie dad, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate. Haley Rose, that's me. Hey, everybody. Sorry we've been gone for a while, but we've been at college trying to further our educations and also working and moving and doing all kinds of things and going uh, in to the, the interim. Yeah. And one of us has been going to the gym. So um, the the <laughs> thank you for sticking with us through the hiatus. We've kind of been figuring out where we want to go with this, and I have been figuring out um, how to structure this in a better way. So going forward, we're kind of leaning a little bit more on the educational side because people tend to uh, respond well to that um, when I talk to folks about this show. So um, welcome to Comradical, where now we use pedagogy. Uh, and that's a term that means structures of ways to teach people things. And so, uh, yeah, with that said, we are moving on to some heavier topics, um, but things that we think are important to the education of the burgeoning socialist mind, um, things that are important to understand and discuss when bringing up these issues. So we're today going to be talking about fascism uh content warning for this episode uh, we are going to be discussing fascism racism anti-semitism homophobia transphobia the holocaust war violence hate crimes world war ii donald trump medical abuse and the kkk um as well as some others so if we um do cover those i will be sure to add those in later um when i'm editing this now so we have brought on with us uh, some guests um, who are, I would say, uniquely qualified or at least um, uniquely uh, knowledgeable in this particular topic because it's a complex one to discuss. Um, and it is a... Two very lovely friends of mine. Yes, and they're two very lovely friends of Johnny's and hopefully lovely friends of mine by the end of this um, if I don't continue to have technical issues. Um, <laughs> So, without further ado, uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, sure. Um, I am Jess, and that's who I am. <laughs> uh, I'm not do sure you prefer, what else. Do you have preferred pronouns, bona fides? Oh, yes. So, I'm Jess. I prefer, well, I my pronouns are they, them, and... Um, the only places people may have heard me before really is um, the formerly former. Sorry, actually, please cut that part. We'll just say from the Red Book Club and yes. um, also from the Tolerant Left podcast, which we've only had one episode released so far. And we're about to restart that one as well. So that's me. My name is Talia. She, her, um, I am a co-host on The Minion, which is an anti-Zionist uh, Jewish podcast. Uh, I'm also on Tolerant Left with Jess. And I am also now on Red Book Club with Jess. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I have dealt with fascists in person many times. So this is old hat for me. I'd say wonderful, but it's only wonderful in your skill set, not wonderful in practice. Um, so, uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Um, so, 
Uh, with that being said, I want to give our uh, listeners a few key terms to kind of listen out for. Um, none of this is scripted. None of this is planned. But just based on my own research, these are the themes that came up. And as we go through our discussion, I'd like to explore some of these a little bit more in more detail. Um, so obviously fascism, nationalism, ethnocentrism, the ethnostate, uh, toxic masculinity, propaganda, indoctrination, imperialism, Lebensraum, Lugenpresse, eugenics, white supremacy, the alt-right, and anti-fascists. Um, these are terms just to keep your ear out for, and as we come across them, uh, I'd like to discuss them in more detail. But for now, uh, why don't we just start with the basic question, what is fascism? Uh, do you want me to take this, Jess? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, um, I read, I recommend everybody reading a Str The Struggle Against Fascism by uh, Clara Zetkin. Uh, she was a uh, revolutionary figure in the early uh, 20th century, and she wrote a lot about fascism and how to combat it. So, she defines fascism as an expression of the decay and disintegration of the capitalist economy and as a symptom of the bourgeois state's dissolution. So what the fuck does that mean? Wait, can I swear on this? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. okay. Cool, because cool, if not, I think you got the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a this is a this is a cussing forward show because I doubt they're gonna be playing our show in classrooms. So Okay. And yeah, you shouldn't be. And you shouldn't play us for your, your parents either. This is a secret this is a secret <laughs> teens secret. only podcast. Kids, this is this is between me and you, all right? Like just keep This is actually on. just for the four of us. Yes. No one really listens to this show at all. So <laughs> So what the fuck what the fuck does that mean? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so okay, you say it is a it is the capitalist system collapsing in on itself and uh, and 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 its revolt against the the left. Right. So what does that mean? Uh, so a good example of this would be a recent example is the two thousand eight stock market crash. That was when we started to see. Mm -hmm. Um, a rise of anti-Semitism, racism, homophobia, transphobia. Ooh, I'm echoing in someone's. <laughs> what am I echoing in? <laughs> oh, it's probably me. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Try now. So everybody, I just mute myself when I'm not talking. That way, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I usually do too. I was reading. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. We all using head headphones, um, or you yeah. need to keep an ear out for your for your kiddos. Um, uh, I ha I do not have headphones on. That's the ah okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, a good old mute will be fine. Okay. Um, continue. Sorry. Okay, so I'll just start over again. Uh, um, yes. So what what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so a good example is the 2008 mark, stock market crash. Um, 
So we bailed out the banks. We bailed out mm -hmm. auto companies. Mm -hmm. But we completely left the poor to fend for themselves. So that's how all these people are now homeless because mortgages went, uh, they defaulted on mortgages. Banks came and took their houses. Um, but those same banks got a bailout by the government. So in 2008, when all of this happened, you started seeing a rise in racism, homophobia, transphobia, anti-Semitism, all of those isms. Uh, there was... People want to say the rise in fascism started when Trump was elected. It didn't. It happened in mm -hmm. 2008 under Bush's watch, but Obama pushed this forward. Uh, so when Biden's out there uh, saying, oh, I helped save the country, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, you didn't. You fucked over poor people. Um, so when... When you're poor and you have nowhere to go, you turn to these ideologies, these thoughts of who's to blame for this. And the state will put forward these thoughts saying it's not the state, it's it's the Jews or it's it's the uh, the black the Muslims. It's the Muslims, immigrants. Those are the ones that are taking your jobs like. It's not the state. Don't look at the state. So then they start right. to create this division among the poor while the state grabs more and more power away from the poor. Um, so this could be seen in like gun rights, trying to take away poor people's guns. Um, I am mm. very pro-gun here because if we don't arm the poor, uh, what's going to happen when the state completely takes over? Um, mm -hmm. so have I covered it mostly? You, yes. You, you certainly did. I would like to dive into some more things, but, uh, Jess, do you have anything else you'd like to add to the, the question? What is fascism? Yes. And kind of like the characteristics of fascism. Um, yeah. it does, it, uh, I, I wanted to mention specifically that, uh, Clara Zetkin, the reason that we both are talking about Clara Zetkin is because, um, she actually gave the first like official um, address and several other ones as well uh, to the first international um, communist Congress about fascism. So it was the first time that on a large scale, anybody addressed fascism. And so Clara Zetkin is actually the expert on this. And mm. me and Talia are just like extremely into her. <laughs> so yes, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Girl. Yeah. Talia also has a ton of other experience. I mostly just read it a lot. Um, but, uh, I did want to point out that one of the characteristics of fascism is the organized violence against, um, working class people. So mm -hmm. I would want to tie that specifically to, um, I'm sure something that's vivid for all of us still is like the standing rock, uh, incident where we saw yes. people that were absolutely defending their right to um, the land that they were on. They were defending their right to, um, how would you say it? Like a ecological, I don't know, Eco not avoiding, yes. avoiding ecological harm. And, and, and yeah. it was just every, 
everything they've done was so logical and justified, but what we saw in response to it was violence, was sheer violence. It was Mm. blatant violence and it wasn't, it was by not only the state, but also because we saw what national guard people in there as well, but they also recruited like cops and, um, private security force people just to go in there and oppress the indigenous people that were fighting for their right to their own land and a right to not the right to have it not destroyed. So mm. that's, I think obviously we're all super aware of violence at the hand of police in general. Um, but just on in another scale, I think it's important to recognize that not only is that fascism, but also the way we saw um peaceful uprising being responded to like with standing rock is also fascism and it's also Sir. happening in canada right now uh with indigenous mm-hmm. folks um protesting the pipeline that's trying to be placed on their land so that's happening like right now right um yeah the wet'suwet'en yeah. probably mm-hmm. mispronouncing that yeah that's I mean, it you can also look at you can also look back at you know certain movements are met with fascistic um reply and response uh pushed to the point where even nonviolent action as that has been proven to be quite effective at certain accomplishing certain tasks is no longer even an option you look at the sharpville massacre in south africa where peaceful protesters were literally sicked upon by the military and brutally massacred um and it prompted the it prompted Nelson Mandela to radicalize and organize uh, the freedom fighters in South Africa to to violently oppose apartheid, um, which you have to meet know, violence with violence. And I believe that talks about that in this uh, piece as well. So well, I, I think fascism. that, you know, sorry. Oh, no, continue. That like, you know, there is like this component with fascism where um, it becomes that like, you know, any kind of undesirable uh, uh, dissident of this conservative culture or this like better uh, yesteryear, right? A lot of the times Mm -hmm. that like, you know, we see fascism, uh, it's from a a crumbling or or it's from like, you know, a disarray of capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. And that like a lot of times with fascist movements, they talk about how great country used to be or how great the culture is and how like you know these uh these these uh people these like degenerates that they they call them right um basically everyone on this podcast right now um yeah you know, are, <laughs> are are like you know they they are enemies they are corrupting the culture they are corrupting the youth that that like you know there's um my one of my favorite books and i think like probably one of the most eye-opening books especially since like, you know, uh, the, the, the one that's on our minds that the heaviest is, uh, you know, uh, Nazi fascism and Italian fascism, uh, mm. black shirts and reds by Michael Parenti. You know, if you haven't heard me say it enough on this yep. podcast is an amazing book and a great place to start when oh, it yeah. comes to, you know, uh, educating yourself that like maybe, I wasn't told everything in history class and maybe, you know, I've always just heard about like how fascism is evil and they did evil things, but there was never any real, um, 
uh, there, there was never any real greater understanding of how they were able to get that many people to get behind this crazy fucking idea, right, of, like, ethnic cleansing, genocide, and, like, you know, uh, anybody that was, you know, trying to because this is the part that like totally wasn't fucking told to me in fucking school was um the 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 part where the like the first people they rounded up were socialists and communists and union organizers and workers Mm -hmm. and all these things and then like the guy that invented fascism came up with it benito mussolini he started out as a syndicalist he was an italian syndicalist that like you know originally was you know uh, a great orator for like the syndicalist movement in italy and what happened was they bought him out and he ended up coming with, up with this like crazy, you know, idea of, of fascism. Something about like a, a, an axe head and a bundle of sticks wrapped together, which you know has so many euphemisms that, like, you know, if I were a little bit younger and a little bit less better of a comrade, I would totally be looking to make some kind of joke about that. It's not funny because a lot of people died, but what is funny is that in the end, he ended up strung up by his fucking ankles with his throat <laughs> slit. People kicking him in the fucking head. Wholesome. True. Very wholesome content. Just the last bit. Um, Just the last bit. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a whole like cultural concept that um I think that is is very close to taking place right now, which is why you see um a lot of people, you know, saying that so and so is a fascist or this person's a fascist. Not that there aren't actual people like neo fascists existing in the world today, but you have all the elements right here. You have the decline of, you know, one of the world's largest empires in the world uh, happening right before your eyes. You have uh, the, well, um, the, the, sorry. We're, we're leaping and bounding at this point. And I think yeah, I have that. A, I have a bad habit of doing that. Anyways. Yes. Uh, I, I think let's yeah. keep it. Let's first and foremost, I want to talk about uh, a couple more of the, the basic essentials. So we, we've touched upon where we've seen fascism in the past, right? We've touched upon uh, Italy being is sort of uh, the the mythological origin of fascism, even though uh, these fascist ideas of nationalism and um, ethnocentrism have been around for centuries prior to that, and there are there are empires in the you know you can you can look at the Roman Empire and easily apply the term fascism to it, and you can look at many historical um you know you can look at certain kinds of chinese fascism throughout their history and to you know credit benito mussolini with inventing fascism he coined fascismo um, yes from he, you know you roman know, inspiration yeah yes but these ideas of like my ethnicity is correct we're the best one and we need to reclaim our lands for us from everyone else because we deserve a place to celebrate our greatness. You know, this sort of ethnic, ethnocentric, ethnostate myth um, that we hear a lot about these days um, is not one that is unique to any particular culture. I mean, it's ethnocentrism is such a wildly, like, overutilized phenomenon in our culture that like it is warned in anthropology classes to to be sort of uh, culturally pluralistic rather than ethnocentric because you'll have a bias towards your studies. So I do want to talk about um, what fascism can 
look like and the different forms it can take. We were touching on that a little bit. But before we get into that, um, I just want to see, I, I want I want to hear from you. When does fascism rear its head? What is the context of the culture necessary to cultivate fascism? You were talking about it earlier with the collapse of a capitalist economy and the increase in the struggle of a particular kind of working class person um, or just the the ostracization of a large group of typically oppressive classed people. So, um, um, yes. I can answer that if you'd like. <laughs> yes, please. Go right ahead. Um, so, kind of longer, but essentially kind of what you summarized there, I would say that um, not only is it capitalism coming to crisis that um, is indicative of fascism's rise, but also it is... Um, it is a response to a workers uprising essentially mm. and that it is when the when this is starting to come to a peak when there are people who would be part of that vague area between working class and the owning class um, when they start feeling disillusioned they start feeling as if they no longer have as much of a hold because again capitalism is collapsing they feel like they're losing their position um, in society and they're politically lost. And so they go to, or they gravitate towards, towards fascism that gives them a person to blame and um, reason to believe that they're great. And that's kind of the, at least the way that like Zetkin phrases this. And I, I agree with her that that is essentially the thought process, not only individually, but socially that leads us to thinking fascistically. <clears throat> for lack of better phrasing. <laughs> but so, that's exactly what it is. It's response to workers uprising. Who generally is is the the target demographic of brand fascism? Like who 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 are they selling to? They're generally selling to what most like people would call the petty bourgeois mm. um class which is the the class between workers that don't own the things they work at and workers that do own some things yeah and wealth, wealthy people who are yeah. more middle class but they still have to go to yeah. work think like Used landlords. car salesmen yeah they yeah, have yeah. To go they have a job still yeah yeah so like small-scale landlords people that own your restaurant chains um things Podcast like that network uh <laughs> runners <laughs> are, like uh someone are y'all making money because uh <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I haven't figured out that part of communism yet. <laughs> How to survive in a capitalist system. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm finding out is that you can't. Every mm. time I read, it just gets more solid that you can't. And it's, mm. you know, just gotta, don't panic. Just gotta, it's fine. Just burn it all down. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. It's not your fault. You were just not born out of the correct womb. Just correct. <laughs> that's, that's the rationale though like that really is it mm. yeah that's that's another thing that should probably be pretty early on when you're like trying to make clear and fine distinctions between socialism and fascism which for whatever fucking reason i hope we addressed throughout this episode that um with socialism there's there's you know hopefully like the abolishment of, of class or at least like, you know, the trend towards abolishing class, right? That's like the ultimate goal, right? Right. 
with fascism, there's classes. And when you're born into that class, you better get used to that class. And God fucking help you if you're one of those classes, right? That is, you know, falls probably more under the word ethnicity and you're an undesirable ethnicity. Well, I would love to quote a good uh, comrade, um, Oliver Thorne, uh, over at Philosophy Tube. is a wonderful quote uh, when he's talking about uh, specifically anti-fascism. Um, and he says, while a fascist, when confronted with anti-fascist violence, can say, I, I'm not anymore. I, this is bad. I'm sorry. I give it up. You're not going to be best friends with them, but they'll probably let you go. If you're a fascist, though, and if you're if you're an enemy of the fascists, rather, and you are confronted by the fascists, and you are gay, or you're a person of color, or you're Jewish, or you're a socialist, or you're anything that they particularly don't like, the only thing you can do to make them stop hating you is to cease existing. And it's this sort of um, ultimatum of belief that fascism is most characterized by, at least in my research. I, I, I read um, The Anatomy of Fascism by Robert Paxson, which uh, has its problems, but it does do an in-depth analysis of the internal rise of fascism and what it looks like from the inside out and how that sociologically develops over time. And um, I think what... I'd like to move into now is as we're talking about who is gravitating towards it um, and it's sort of these petty bourgeois um, on the cusp of ruling class type people who then become attractive to the working class people and it it allows this sort of channel this avenue for upward mobility in society not based on merit but based on who you are because you are the master race or and, and it is it is worth saying that fascism is always about race it is always about ethnicity and nationality um and toxic masculinity it always centers around that it's never there's never a kind of fascism that's like oh it's we accept all all comers as long as you love the country we're in that's it. It's just nationalism, which is why I hate the Wikipedia article's fucking definition of fascism, which is like a form of far-right authoritarian ultra-nationalism. It's like, no, not just that. It is a form of fucking absolute genocidal hate. And it is... It, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. It, it, what it, I should to... also, it should also be mentioned, though, that there are those people especially when it comes down to war and when you look into world war two, that there are people, especially when they're on, when they start like losing their footing, they are totally willing to make exceptions. Right. And because of my Indian heritage, I I'm aware of this, that, that there are Indian people that did fight on the side of the Nazis. There are Ukrainians that fought on the side of the Nazis there are, you know, uh, Polish that fought on the side of the Nazis, right? And these were all people that, like, you know, under, under you know, global Nazi fascist rule, they would have been seen as subhuman. Mm-hmm. Don't ever forget that. But, you know, like class war, you know, or just like class solidarity should, should always 
have this in your mind, especially while we talk about like the petty bourgeois, they're the most attracted to this. There are always going to be that minority of people, right? Or at least like what we can hope to be a minority of people that believe that their loyalty to these, uh, to that, that class of people, to the bourgeois and petty bourgeois will be met with some kind of reward. And that like, you know, they believe that like, you know, that's the side that's going to win which sounds really dark and fucking depressing. And I don't know how the fuck you like, you know, put that together in your head that like, you know, no, 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 no. I was on their side. Therefore they won't cleanse me afterwards, or I won't be anybody's servant because I was loyal to the movement. I'll get rewarded. Mm. So it's, it's interesting that you say that, um, because I do want to move a little bit towards, um, and I know we're kind of rushing along. So if at any point you have something specific you want to add on a cursory topic, uh, Jess or Talia, um, just uh, chime in. Let me know. Um, don't let me hijack this from you. But um, I do want to talk a bit about the rise of fascism, how fascism accrues power um, and why, you know, these sort of ideals of um, these working class to petty bourgeois people who are lured in by fascism due to feeling betrayed by their economy and the, the empire that they're in. Um, why that starts to generate buzz and starts to pick up steam to the point where we see things like, you know, the marches in Munich and you see black shirts going out into the, the fields and, you know, just, taking farms and you see people uh, in Charlottesville uh, taking lives of innocent counter protesters. Um, and you, w what is the mechanism for this rise to power and the sort of proliferation of um, its attractiveness and its persistence in history? Uh, I could, I could talk a little bit about this. Uh, mm -hmm. So, the government makes it as hard as possible and squeezes everything out of the working class to make them desperate for the, for the government or for the state to take over. And how you can see that is um, stripping unions of power, um, lowering wages. Like, I don't know, we haven't had a minimum wage increase, federal minimum wage increase in what? 15 years something like that mm -hmm. um unions are constantly under attack in this country and that's how it was in the 30s uh bankruptcies everybody's going bankrupt that happened in the 30s that's happening now uh landlords um have the power to increase high rents we see that in gentrification especially right now mm. uh, that's why people are trying to fight for uh rent control or tenant unions. Um, so with this capitalist decay, uh, there's going to be a rise in socialist democracy as a reformist approach to addressing it. And we're seeing that in the rise of Bernie. And, but where the socialist Democrats are wrong in is they see fascism as only terror and violence when really it's a whole structure of not only violence, 
but also uh, it's uh, politically and ideologically based as well. So we see that in the states uh, controlling immigrants. Like we have the concentration camps. We are like, this country is fascist. We have concentration camps. Um, mm-hmm. Hitler got all of his ideas from America and how we treated indigenous folks. Um, One more thing from uh, Black Shirts and Reds um, and, you know, Parenti's work. Uh, he talks about how, like, there it was a very popular play at the time. And remember, I, I don't know how much, like, our listeners were taught about what was going on prior to World War II and a little bit during like, you know, World War One, as far as, you know, there was a social democratic party in Germany at the time, right? While uh, the Nazis, you know, could have been smashed, could have been totally done away with. But there was like a popular play between like, you know, a father and son and they're falling out and about how like, you know, the son is pretty much like mocking the father that like, you know, uh, you you guys had your your unions and like, you know, your brave plans for like, you know, a worker's paradise and whatnot. And it didn't pan out, didn't work, you know, and he starts talking about how like, you know, fascism is the way, you know, Um, and I think that it's not hard to see that in like the social zeitgeist of today, you know, especially with a lot of the anti-union, right. Or at least like the corruption of the unions. Cause like the, the most unions in the U S they're like the most reactionary fucking organizations in the u.s let me let me put it to you this way the strongest union in the united states is uh what the fraternal order of police or whatever the fuck their union is called the pig union mm-hmm. yeah right that's the strongest union in the u.s right unions are not like the the end all be all and like again it should be stated that like the the social democrats had a chance in the 11th hour before or during like the the real big election where um what the hell was his name that won the election he was the social democrat and he handed over like you know leadership to hitler it was handed over to him right and the social democrats you know were given an opportunity by the communist party of germany like hey let's join forces and let's make sure that the nazis can't win any seats in the reichstag and like you know We'll, we'll stop them from rising to power at all. And the social Democrats were pretty much like, no, fuck off. Um, yeah. And then I think another th- example of how fascism takes hold or how you can see it taking place is the war on those who like have uteruses, um, like the control over the family, the control over birth control. Um, you could see that uh, that happened. I'm reading Caliban and the Witch right now, and it details uh, the rise of capitalism in medieval mm-hmm. England and uh, the witch hunts and how that controlled uh, women then. And now we're seeing it with all of these abortion laws and stripping away um aid to needy families and uh it's uh, interesting you bring that up because sorry continue you can go well i'm saying it's interesting you bring that up because we see the um 
the rise of this sort of machismo, this toxically masculine ideal of like the 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 one great male leader who will bring us forward. And then you see the rise of this this increasing um, glorification of violence. And I mean, every time the discussion of fascism is brought up, it's usually done through the lens of Italy or Germany. Um, rarely Spain, uh, rarely any South American countries um, that the Reagan administration supported their fascist governments, rarely anywhere else um, do you see the discussion of fascism brought up. And I think it's, um, it's, it's coyly addressed that there is a rising tide, if not a well-established culture of fascism in the United States. And I think I want to shift gears in our discussion and see if we can utilize um, current events and American history to illustrate the creep of fascism. Because unlike socialism, which uh, does not creep so much as boom, fascism does creep. Um, socialism requires a lot of education and, and, and learning and proliferating of that idea and doing what we're doing here and making, you know, positive propaganda and like creating uh, a culture of, you know, uh, of, of workers' rights and, and wanting to start this revolution, um, whereas fascism is like a cancer. Um hmm. And it, it roots itself in a culture and it grows very slowly. Um, and it's it either burns fast and bright or slow and hot. And in America, we see the slow kind. We see the kind that starts at the turn of the last century. Um, arguably before that, but um, in my historical understanding, it, it, it begins uh, after um, Jim Crow becomes a an institution that is unchallenged by the rest of the union and racial segregation and American exceptionalism begins to take a dominant role in the narrative of our own discussion of history and identity. And at that exact time, we see eugenics come into play. Eugenics being the faux scientific racism uh, that, uh, or faux scientific comma racism that is a hallmark of all fascisms that we see of, of of wanting to cleanse the race of impurity and cleanse the land of impure races and sterilizing people and uh killing people and rounding them up and forcing them to work or forcing them to fight for you so that they're just cannon fodder um and i see I, this i would argue yeah. that your timeline is only a little off because like if you look at this from an indigenous perspective mm -hmm. it is uh, it, th that fits the yeah. definition from day one from well, it's, like, Im it's imperialism right it's it yeah. fascism is the most extreme logical extension of imperialism um and capitalism and as lenin explained both are the same thing so can we talk a bit about um, the the creep? I guess is the, the the way that we are seeing it crop up around us, and the sort of um, it 
it's easy to say that Trump was like, oh, in 2016, all of a sudden Nazis showed up. But they've been here the whole damn time. And if you think that the KKK isn't a fascist organization, if you think that, you know, you know, Colonel Custer wasn't a fascist, if you think that the uh, Andrew Jackson wasn't a fascist, you know, you're sorely mistaken. And you're right, Johnny, from an indigenous perspective, the entire the invasion of European powers into this land has been a fascist takeover. I mean, you know, let's define another term, Lebensraum. What is the difference between Lebensraum, living room, um, the German call to get more land, get more of the German homeland to grow their race? What difference is there from Manifest Destiny? Uh, pretty much they're kind of the same. It's vanilla faces are broke um, and they don't, or they've used up all their natural resources or they can't tax their own people anymore. So they got to find other people, whether they be vanilla faces as well or not, and tax them and take their natural resources because that's the nature of capitalism. Right. So um, I do want to distinguish, though, the difference. between. I, I think that there is, well, because fascism is essentially like the boil on capitalism's ugly ass, like it's easy to equate them to being the same thing. But um, I, I believe like it's important to recognize fascism as a specific direct response to um, a worker's uprising. So mm-hmm. not necessarily just imperialism and genocide. Um, but a direct response to workers gaining control or to an oppressed class gaining control. So, so this is um, where we have that term reactionary that we we kind of throw around. Can, would you care to kind of define that in this context? I mean, um, I don't know the best way to like define reactionary on like a colloquial sense as far as I understand it. I'm not a political science scientist, but... As far as I understand it, that is recognized as the far end of the political spectrum um, or the far right side of the of the political spectrum. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I'm qualified to give the definition of reactionary necessarily. Um, But I did. I just wanted to make a distinction between, um, you know, capitalist imperialism and genocide. Those all absolutely can can and do become fascist responses but mm. the big the big difference is that this is a response from from a a faction of the oppressor class who believes they are being marginalized because of the contradictions of capitalism and are responding violently <clears throat> okay so yeah i just think that's important to recognize that there's a difference between the genocide that has happened with um indigenous people and um yeah. Sorry, one second. I have a child. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I Googled it, and uh, it says, In political science, a reactionary or reactionarist can be defined as a person or entity holding political views that favor a return to a previous political state of society that they believe possessed characteristics that are negatively absent from the contemporary status quo of society. So, like, fucking everybody these days. Yeah, like your uncle, your dad. Um... How do you know my uncle and my dad? <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely not. You have all you have all of yeah. the rights in the whole world. <laughs> I'm pretty sure take I was rambling at the end there, but I was like, shit, I was trying to make a point and somebody saying my name. And take, uh, you were <laughs> like, my, take, my rights. <laughs> take my rights. Take my rights. They're your rights now. Um, <laughs> no. You're, you're no, see, valid. that would that would not that would not be very communist of me. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's fine. I'm giving them willingly. I'm from. I. I'm. My family is the bourgeoisie. Take my rights, please. Um, you're our. You're our angles, Haley. Put it that way. I'm your. I'm your angles. I. I. I, just, I certainly I never borrow any money off of you. Yeah, I don't have any money to be borrowed. Um, too busy so, spending it getting drunk with marks in the streets of Berlin. <laughs> So I I remember what I was gonna say though. However, um, yes, I think that that making that distinction um, where it's a violent response to um, these contradictions and trying mm. to gain power where they believe that they're losing some, um, I think that that kind of helps us to clarify where we're seeing these uprisings, where it's starting mm. to burn brighter instead of just being a slow social burn of oppressive oppression um, based on basically the way that we talk to one another. So um, I think some things we can look at in at least American historical times are responses to like the civil rights movement and like the Black Panthers having armed themselves and protecting their communities. And the that is when we started to see gun laws passed um, that restricted mm -hmm. the use and ownership of, of weapons. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is a clear um, time point in our American history, at least, um, where we saw an uprising in fascism. And especially from the response of the state. And um, it's because it was... State Oops. Uh, the Sorry, state the state introducing crack into those communities. Yes. Mm -hmm. Bombing move. The... Yep. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Cointel Pro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the of these different of things. <laughs> but then also, um, I would I would argue that in the mid eighties with Reagan, um, changing the way that our social programs functioned and changing the way that our accountability programs worked for the capitalist class was a big move um, monetarily and capitalistically that um, was essentially in response to our society becoming so much more progressive and awareness happening, communication increasing, technology booming, um, which essentially when communication increases and our access to knowledge increases, that's when workers start to rise up. So um, I, I so, think that that's another clear distinction of when things changed, when our ability to access uh, healthcare and even financial stability and housing started to really be attacked. And that's why we, I feel like we have the surveillance state, that we do now, um, especially with the Patriot Patriot Act that got passed, overwhelmingly both by Republicans and Democrats, and it continues to be passed. And nope. the state just 
everything that we write to each other online. They record our conversations on Facebook we and name, WhatsApp. We and named, they get away with it because no one will say, hey, this isn't right. We named our they NSA agent in our house Bill. Um, <laughs> just, I like, like everybody's to think making him prouder. Yeah, I like to think he like at least is getting a good wank or something. You know, like, like a laugh. I don't know. <laughs> something. Yeah. Can can it's I like, also just add that like you brought up an interesting point when you said, you know, about like the the social welfare programs, right? And how pretty much since Reagan um that there has been like a slow deterioration of those social welfare programs. Um, and that like, you know, because we're all materialists in the room or like, you know, uh, materialist historians, there, there's a context to all of these things and why we even have those social welfare programs in the first place and why they had them in Europe, especially right in these social, quote unquote, social democratic countries like Norway, Sweden and all these other Denmark and whatnot. Um, and a lot of these things, right, especially like the New Deal. Um, the, the, the context for all of these things is that the Soviet Union existed and there was a country and, you know, countries rather because it was a union of various countries that overthrew their autocratic and, you know, uh, uh, dictatorial, uh, I don't even know if that's a fucking word. Um, it's a word. All right. All right. So it is a word. Hopefully I'm using it right. Well, I'm using it right. So yeah. like, all right. So my point is that, like, these people overthrew uh, their rulers, right, and they were able to use, like, you know, the machinations of the state for the people, right, you know, organized by the people, right? And this is, like, a huge threat to all these capitalist countries, you know? That's why, like, you know, uh, the Bonus Army almost marched on Washington. You had, you know, France having a revolution every, like, 30 years. You had, you know, uh, people in, in England, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, watching, like, all of this go down, horrified. And as, like, the quality of life for all of these countries got better, right, as countries that overthrew their autocratic rulers, you had this working class suffering under a bourgeois. So it came time where it's just like, well, we either give them just a little bit so that they don't fucking kill us, right, or they Fascism. fucking kill us. Yeah, so, no, I mean, like, what, no one's going on with like, that latter option, the, yeah, well, we should have. We should have just done it. Anyway. We should have just done it anyways and gotten everything well, as we wanted. Well, well, but my well, point okay. is, my so, point is that like fascism exists today, and a lot of these. I'm sorry, but so, so no, the fine. fascism is happening in a lot of these countries today, like France, like Poland, like all these other countries, like in America today, France. because there's no USSR anymore. There's no right. more threat. There's no more country that will offer you know the the working masses that's you know that may overthrow their country aid. So. Well, so I also want to point out, too, that it's not even as distant as, like, the 90s or the early 2000s. Um, we can see with the um, recent attacks on reproductive uh, health and procreative autonomy that this is a direct response to the liberation and conversation around um, women having equal space in society and the workplace and everything. And so whenever that happens, um, historically, um, again, I'd, I'd reference like Talia did to say, or I would also say to read Caliban and the Witch, which is a, a fantastic perspective on um, the exploitation of um, uh, 
I would say uterus havers mostly um, historically and how that has been a useful tool. And the response we have right now, the crackdown on um, on procreation, the way that we are having our rights argued and tried in court and um, just our, our entire whether we should even have the right to choose what happens to our body just just being debated is is a response to uh, to uterus havers having a movement, essentially. They're rising up, and um, this is a response saying, absolutely not, we really depend on you being oppressed, and so we're going to pass these laws to make sure that whatever you got going there is squashed. And that's essentially what happens every time. And unfortunately, fascism is extremely effective at doing this. Every time, though... Um, once we notice what's happening here, I think that that's kind of it's not the same thing every time. I guess that's pro- that's the wrong way to say it. History isn't cyclical. Um, and every time that we have an uprising, it's a different thing. But it's important to recognize how they're responding to it. And it's the response that's fascism and yes. the the social idea that certain classes deserve to be oppressed is that slow burning end of that candle. But for the most part, it's a direct gasoline fire in response hey everybody sorry to interrupt this riveting conversation i'm sure you're enjoying it as much as i did um and uh yeah i i'm this is future Haley right now and uh i know the rest of the episode has some some genuine genuine american grade hope uh in it so bear with us for the rest of this um, I hope you're learning something, and I hope that this empowers you to uh, make some changes in the world that you want to see. But for right now, I wanted to interrupt uh, for solidarity. Um, so we are going to talk about uh, a couple of other podcasts on the network uh, that I want to signal boost a little bit to this uh, audience. Specifically, I want to talk about the Trans Questioning Podcast, um, which is a wonderful show about what it means to be transgender. Uh, every other week, our wonderful lefty friend Sarah Zedig answers questions and talks to guests about their experiences as trans and non-binary people living in, in a rapidly changing world. Uh, there's no one right way to be trans, and that's why hearing the stories of our peers is so important. Uh, so if you want to listen to that show, it airs every other Monday uh, on LunarLightStudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, much to Garfield's fervent protestations i would also like to take a moment to talk about a show called force friends rewatch uh this is a relatively new show to the network um and uh it's very very fun because uh i don't know about you but in this rapidly changing and (sighs) insane time we live in um it's good to have some uh, escapist fiction (laughs) to run to so uh did you know that Star Wars fandoms don't have to be toxic Sarlacc pits of gatekeeping and sexism, because I sure didn't. Um, but it's true. Meet Andy and Ryan, the hosts of Force Friends Rewatch. They watch the television series of the Star Wars universe and discuss the impact of each episode uh, as it impacted them uh, as fans and as human beings. Uh, they definitely only talk about TV shows and occasionally the films, theme parks, video games, tabletop games, action figures, cosplays, actors, writers, novels, comics, and lore, but mostly just the TV shows. So 
If you want, you can catch Force Friends Rewatch every other Friday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts on your your day-to-day adventures around the galaxy. Um, Star Wars. So, uh, yeah. I apologize if um, at any point during this episode before or after this ad break, I go, and now it's time for solidarity. And then we all pause awkwardly and maybe chitter-chatter about something or another. And then... Um, the ad break doesn't happen or already has happened. Uh, the episode's like two hours long and I have a lot of podcasts I have to edit. And so I haven't been able to listen to the whole thing. So uh, if that happens, uh, you can tweet at me and I'll try to fix it. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'm just saying, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm only one, I'm only one woman. I can't do everything. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. So uh, thank you. For listening and with that uh let's head on back to the show come on so fascism as we're describing it here is not necessarily something that is believed but rather done and so you know one it's true that the 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 cyclical nature of history is something that gets thrown around like, oh, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. But that has a kernel of truth in it. Not necessarily that history is doomed to run in a circular cycle. However, we see these cycles of fascism cropping up predictably as a reaction to powerful progressive left uh, leftist movements. And we see it uh, in America specifically um, and, uh, you know, as a as a deliberately done reaction to this uh to 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 progressive ideas um we see it after the progressive era in the late 19th century leading into the ni- uh, leading into the 20th century and the rise of american exceptionalism and eugenics and uh isolationism and the growing uh, growth of industry and the squashing and the the growth of union busters and pinkertons um then we see this rise again during the growing left-wing movement of uh, the 60s, the late 50s and the 60s with the Civil Rights era, Black Panthers, and a growing tide of communist sympathy and, you know, the actually radical left-wing uh, part uh, contingent of the, the, the hippie generation, you know, um, your Bernards, if you will. And then we see it again, Um in the modern day, as you're saying. And in my opinion, from my perspective as a trans woman, um, the attack on uterus havers is not just a way to uh, oppress the, you know, this move towards uh, gender liberation for uterus havers, but a way to balkanize oppressed genders against one another because it is an attack specifically on uterus havers, and we see a rise of the turf debate of what constitutes a woman and where that argument, like wh- who is allowed to be oppressed as a woman and what does that mean? And so we've once again allowed ourselves to be divided um, as a, you know, as a revolutionary force by this bourgeois class of fascist reactionaries. And so we are now experiencing that right now as we're fighting amongst ourselves and the world is literally burning down around us. Um, uh, so 
that being said, um, we're we're moving into this kind of naturally. But what is the purpose of fascism? Why? What is its goal? Because to us, it seems like fascism is pretty bad. It's a bad thing, and it's bad, and we don't like it because it's racist and it kills people, and it's awful in all ways and there's no amount of words no matter how negative i can spin them that can really add up to how atrocious the full scale of fascism really is so what is its purpose what is its end goal because it's not just out here to destroy it is here to consume however so can you speak a little bit to that I would say fascism is like capitalism on steroids um, with like the private privatization didn't come into being until the Nazis. So privatization of nationalized industries, um, trying to get as much wealth into a very small amount of people's hands. I believe that's what fascism is. It's and essentially funneling power of... from the people to the uh, oppressing class that is worried about losing power. Correct. So just like it's... really fast. Right. And so, so <laughs> yeah. what is its? I mean, but what is its end goal? Like, what is it trying to accomplish? Power, stability, and the but with the, the desirable people that they want right right and the extermination well, with, of everybody else so with this talk of ethnocentrism and sort of the cultivation of an ethno state that we hear about this is about cre creating a not just a space that that's the 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 ruse is you know what they're selling you is we just want our own place but the reality is they want everything it is. Well, yeah, and I also think it's important to make the distinction between nationalism at large and um, this uh, nationalism that accompanies fascism and capitalism. Um, yeah. And I, I think a good example of this is indigenous populations, mm. um, specifically because um, nationalism for indigenous or oppressed populations has historically been a tool of resistance and and um, responding to the oppressors. So I think it's important that we um, that we don't necessarily corner in turning into community as an issue, but that the issue is that they want the extermination of every other community. And the difference is using that turning into community to destroy versus using that turning into community as a means of resistance and cultural celebration. So um, I think that's a big, a big distinction um, that, that needs to be made because nationalism, at least in the United States, broadly what we, saw, what we see is akin to Nazis. Um, yes. It's, you know, celebration of the American state at um, any cost, it's the hero worship we give to um, members of the military. It's um, every little step of amplifying America as the best, the greatest, the brightest, whatever, 
when not only is that not factual, but it only serves to um, separate us from the rest of the population and justify the harm that we're doing there. And um, I think that's just an important distinction that from our position as the oppressing entity in America, um, that we recognize how nationalism is harmful versus how it can be useful for oppressed people. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't have to look further than the many different kinds of uh, black nationalisms that have uh, cropped up and, of course, been swiftly um, uh, terminated or squashed by uh, the CIA or the FBI with things like Coencel Pro. Or and, France. Thomas uh, Sankara, you France. will never be forgotten. And so it's a, you know, it, it is, it's a, it's a serious thing. And as we're talking about this, you know, it is. Um, you know, this is the this is the part where we have to talk about it. Um, and it is when uh, fascism goes unchecked and it is given the power from the people to accomplish its end goal. Uh, the death toll is enormous because it is a it is, it is capitalism on steroids. And as such, it can industrialize and um uh, monetize the killing of undesirables you know there are mountains of nazi gold in swiss banks right now that came out of the mouths of dead people and it is a real threat that we are facing right now and not specifically us at least not right now uh but First, they came for the immigrants, and we have to speak out um, because these children are dying in cages right now. And right. these there's really no metaphorical. Sorry, Sorry. I'm so... these concentration right, camps ahead. are. I'm echoing again. Uh, I think you're good now. Okay. Uh, these concentration camps that we have now are privately owned. They are privatized and there are companies that are making huge profits off of these concentration camps. Uh, children are dying right now, but also with the children that are locked up, they're being adopted out. So these companies are making money off of these children that are being adopted out. These lawyers who are doing these adoptions are making money. These adoption agencies are making money off of family separation. Um, and I don't oh, think and that... And, and, and there's no record of who their parents are, by the way. Well, that's nope. intentional. That's completely intentional. Yep. The government Apparently, knows exactly they what they're doing. couldn't keep the records. Even though, like, I can keep records. like ridiculous and it's it's no mistake that the people who are privatizing this uh torture is the prison industrial complex who has been Correct. in the business of human trafficking since the 1600s so um we have uh, an obvious sort of case to make here of that you know w why would they bother um keeping records on the children they're selling when uh, 
they don't have to because if they did, then they wouldn't make any money off of them. And, I would uh, I would say we even perfected it in South America. I mean, what was it? Uh, Argentina? Um, after we overthrew Allende? Allende was selected in Argentina, right? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. And then that's where we get the Desaparecidos, right? Where like the thousands of people were like dragged into a football stadium and then murdered or disappeared. And, you know, to this day, we have no idea how many people were actually murdered in that football stadium, literally like a slaughterhouse. And, uh, you know, the whole communities were just ripped apart. Mm-hmm. So I would say so, we, we've perfected it way beyond the 1600s. And that's that's the yep. U.S. State Department right there. That's not even oh, just. Oh, yeah, like, we've had we've had plenty of time to to accrue a, a wealth of knowledge in this specific field. And so it's not, and you know, I mean, we've we've had the infrastructure for concentration camps specifically since the trails of you know the Trail of Tears and the forced mm. relocation of the indigenous population and the Japanese internment camps in World War II and uh, many other occasions where we utilized these telltale trademarks of fascism, and so you know the mechanism by which um, fascism accrues this power is the centralizing of all of the power to the state, the rallying behind an ethnic identity, the scapegoating of undesirables, and the rampant expansion and capitalistic monetization of destruction, of war, and um, of killing, of murder. And, you know, so where, as we are standing here right now, as we are sitting here at these, at our computers and things have taken a somber tone and rightfully so, um, what are the threats we are facing right now? What is the threat of fascism right now? And like, if we were on a, uh, was a, the doomsday clock, right? The, the, the nuclear doomsday clock. How we're 100 seconds to midnight, I think. Yeah. 100 we're seconds. All, we're already at midnight. For a lot of us, it's past midnight. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, if you're I an mean, immigrant, if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, especially if you're an anti-Zionist Jew, it's really fucking scary right now. And, right. I mean, irony of all ironies, the the one of the most fascistic governments existing right now is the Israeli government. And I'm going to be labeled an anti-Semite for that. um, Because I get called an anti-Semite and I get called a fake Jew all the time because I speak out against Israel and they're making us sign loyalty oaths. Like in Georgia, they're trying to make us sign loyalty oaths to Israel. It's, it's, it's this is stuff that like scares the shit out of me. Like as a Jew yeah. and as an outspoken anti-Zionist Jew, I'm legitimately terrified of you... living in this country. It's really it's... bad, especially when you have the president saying there are good sides on both, uh, good people on both sides after the Charlottesville massacre. Uh, after the Pittsburgh sh- shooting of 
the temp there there have been a huge increase of mass shootings at Jewish synagogues in the past couple of years than there has ever been and it scares the shit out of me I mean I think you're preaching to the choir here but I mean like yeah. I, I'm it's here trans, the rise of tra- yeah transphobic hate crimes and murders have been the highest they've ever been um and yeah. it's a it's a real issue and we see the rising tide of of militant hate groups organizing to mm-hmm. the point where it is a it's a party it's a fascist party they are stormtroopers it and they might brand themselves as KKK, as neo-Nazis, as Proud Boys, as alt-right. They might brand themselves as, you know, they might hide themselves behind media outlets like the Daily Wire or um, they might hide themselves behind uh, Breitbart, Fox News. Uh, You have Tucker Carlson on TV every single day just spouting Mm -hmm. actual fascist talking points. You have Ben Shapiro talking into the ears of Millions of millions of people. Whiny uh, little just, boys all over the world. You have Jordan <laughs> Peterson uh, in a Russian rehab after going through, what, like two years of an all diet and a heavy addiction to benzos. So there's that. At least Professor of the Blade is, you know, suffering the consequences of his, like, fucking doofus ideology. <laughs> like, so many yeah. fucking idiots on 4chan were like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows what to do. He has all um, the answers. I really and, like the point where you said they make it like a party and that's exactly what the Proud Boys are. They try to, they're like, oh, yep. frat club. Blah, blah, blah. They're, that's specifically what they're doing to grab these people, to grab these white boys and say, hey, you can be special. You can be and have fun and hang out with like the Proud Boys in St. Louis are like, we're just a drinking club. That's all we are. No, you fucking aren't. That's not. And I, ugh, sorry, I searched. No, and it's an, another- a whole ass political party right there. And I that's have- how they catch people because they're like, we're cool. I literally have we token members. They literally have members of of color, and then they like try and pass themselves off. They're like, see, we're not racist. We got one black friend here. And I confronted mm. these Proud Boys that were at a gay bar I was at, and I told them to get the fuck out. They're like, but I'm gay. I'm like, I don't fucking care. You're still a fascist. Now get out. It's you still want the destruction of people. You still want the destruction of trans people. I don't want you here. Get out. The first Pride Parade, by the way, was not about specifically. I mean, yes, of course, there was no acceptance at the time for people who are LGBT. But but the first Pride Parade was in response to police violence against mm-hmm. LGBT people. And it was like, fascist trans women of color <laughs> throwing bricks at cops. Yep. Yeah. We need Looking to get back, back to that. Yeah. I, we need Marsha P. Johnson and... Uh, I want to... I want to go out and say real quick that we here at Comradical are not telling you deliberately uh, to go and throw bricks at cops. We're not telling. <laughs> we're not. We're not telling you 
that we're not the order is not coming from us to throw bricks at cops. It's just a joke. Trisha P. Johnson, though, she might we're be not, doing that order. We here, <laughs> we here at Comradical LLC Incorporated Tumblr com are not telling you <laughs> to throw bricks at police officers. We're not telling you to do that. We're not telling you to do that. <clears throat> Not, we're not going to say death to America. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, so of, of, cor- of course, death yeah. to America. I'm not telling you to but, do it. I'm just yeah. saying that I'm not disappointed in you. If you do it. All right. It's, it's, for, listen, from your if queer a, if a dad. brick, if a brick winds up on a cop, that's not my fault. Yeah, it's not a and bad I'm, not, I'm not I, mad I about it. Them, I didn't tell them to do it. I didn't tell them to throw a brick at a cop. We're saying we're telling we're not telling you to throw bricks at cops. I've and never told anyone to do that. I've never told anyone to throw a brick at a cop. I've literally so, done this this week. <laughs> throw so, the brick. you know, it's if you live in Georgia, though, here's the thing about that. If you do live in Georgia, specifically the Atlanta area, like where I am. Uh, bricks are manufactured here. So now I want to talk about some steps we can take against fascism. <laughs> These people have addresses with, you know, homes attached to those addresses and mm. kids that go to school and wives that have jobs, maybe. Now, I'm not telling you to dox fascists. <laughs> but I'm just saying I my favorite, my favorite kind of boots I, I definitely endorse docs. I definitely love docs. They're my favorite kind of boots. <laughs> most common boot, hardest most common to boot. track. Hardest to track, favorite, docs. My favorite Google office application is docs. Yes. Timberlands 2, also nice quality boot. So. Especially for our New York comrades. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's up? Um, so the thing so, about Proud Boys yeah. is, like, we kind of talked about that faction specifically that is targeted by fascism, mm. and it is mostly white people who are mostly mm. well-off, who think that they're oppressed because somebody once told them that their joke wasn't funny. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, like that's, that's... I know. I know them. Yeah, so like uh if you if you happen to know someone might be a proud boy or any any flavor of of uh fascist excuse um for mm. a name that isn't Nazi. Mm. Um mm-hmm. so if you're any of those flavors and people make fun of you in public and they're like pretty spot on about you being shitty and and Mm -hmm. it tends to like make you feel not super great and Mm. I'm comfortable with people doing that so Mm. I would a formal request (laughs) that people go ahead and terrorize the shit out of Nazis yeah yes um, 100% agree one more thing you should probably know don't ask me how I know this um, and I might, I might be even wrong. Who knows? But somebody out there, you, disprove me. That apparently they have to name like what, like twelve different brands yes. of cereal via taste, and then they all beat the shit oh. out of you. No, you have to. 
No, you have to name a whole bunch of cereals while you're getting punched. Is this right? Yeah, no, it's it's just like the dumbest way. It's so much easier to be a Nazi than a communist. I had to read yeah, I had to or read just books. Join a real gang. Just join I a had real to read... gang. <laughs> yeah, you're already join doing crazy real shit. Gang. Just join like the Bloods of the Crips. Just be like, you know, like wouldn't be allowed. Like, yeah, or be a... as fuck. Like, no, I know. Yeah. I, I get you're it. I get it. I get it. Like, I get it. But like, I don't know. There's so much other things that you could dedicate also, kind of time I a, to. I have a question. Where the fuck is FSU? Where the fuck are S- FSU? Friends the straight United? Up- no, they yeah. like started like dealing drugs like in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Oh damn it! Don't stab me. I look. I saw it on a fucking documentary. I don't know. Listen, I'm not M- I- FSU affiliated. No, Please we're not affiliated here. But like the thing about like where the fuck is FSU? Because like if I was to want any like matchup, I would want to see these fucking like cereal eaten motherfucking proud boys no there's like there's like there's like sharps and shit out there look i look i'm gonna be honest i don't have the kind of time to dedicate to like you know the the hardcore lifestyle no absolutely not especially since i don't drink anymore i don't have that kind of time i don't have that kind of energy and i I, like just i'm sorry you know i can't hang but for sure there are sharps and stuff out there and there are definitely like crews out there that don't put up with that shit especially in a lot of like punk and underground scenes the only issue being that a majority of the time they're like fucking anarchists or ancoms or some like weird fucking syndicalist thing we'll we'll, we will get into the other uh options look 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 just i'll end it on this okay you're willing to read right all these and, and know by heart all these goddamn lyrics right and you're willing to like give like these lead singers that like end up fucking like teenage girls a second chance or some shit, but you won't pick up a fucking book by a guy that has been demonized by the very like system that you rage against, right? Like, just give Stalin a chance. Like, I just I don't get it. Like, all we are saying. <laughs> Just, is give Stalin a chance. Dude, his name is literally Joey Steele. Like I, I don't. Joey like, Steele is the is it's the the name of the cartoon dog that they replaced Sid Vicious with. In it, like what? what in Sex Pistols? What? Yeah, so Joey confused. Steele is the name of the of the cartoon dog they used to replace the cartoon rabbit that was Sid Vicious. Huh. In the Sex Pistols. What are you Pistols. talking about? What? The Sex Pistols are a terrible band. band. Don't worry about it. What? <laughs> That's I, I an have... inside joke for one person. So and, um and and real quick, just 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 a real quick quote. Hence, communists as consistent internationalists cannot be irreconcilable and bitter enemies or cannot but be irreconcilable and bitter enemies of anti-semitism in the ussr anti-semitism is strictly prosecuted as a phenomenon hostile to the soviet system according to the laws of the ussr and active active anti-semites are punished with death that is the words our union and our union uh, we're gonna also put racisms, and we're also gonna put homophobia, and we're also gonna put transphobia as as systems and aberrations that are opposed to our good 
Soviet Union of America. Honestly, look, and here's here's my whole oh. thing, right? Is that I like don't like it either? Look, I, I I get it that there's like you know, and we're probably gonna wind up doing this in a lot of other episodes, right? Um, that like he was like you know flawed for who he was. We in will his get time. into that, Jonathan. We are not talking about the boy right now. Okay, but we fine. have to. We that's all, Johnny. You can't just be I like, "Hang think... on, can we real quick talk about Stalin real quick?" Okay, okay, <laughs> that's okay, like but for reals though. Stalin that's... did actually defeat the Nazis. Personally, he did actually with his defeat own hand. the Nazis. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, the Stalin that is historical fact. That is historical fact. Stalin was a mensch, and he did in fact destroy uh, fascism. He destroyed fascism. He destroyed fascism. Right. And he and liberated cool. the Soviets, liberated the people in the concentration camps. So mm-hmm. no, no I matter think wh- that what, is not an unreasonable segue, Johnny. Saving Private <laughs> Ryan was a lie. Saving Private lie to Ryan your entire life was a lie. <laughs> um, so, Proud Boys, we talked about them. The KKK, we already know about them. The alt right, we don't need to hear about them. The police, we already knew they were fascists. Trump, obviously a fascist, right? Um, these are all just fascist people doing fascism they're actively doing it so what can we do against fascism um specifically how can we be anti-fascists we can make socialist propaganda hey that's true uh what's up (laughs) yeah right hey what's up (laughs) uh actually uh zed kid wrote about how do we stop it and oh, I, she did. She did. Uh, I'll break it down. Jess, you can break it down. Yeah, too. you got this. You got this. <laughs> I'll jump in if so, I need to. My favorite part is self-defense, uh, arming ourselves, a united front of all workers, uh, arming themselves, mm-hmm. learning how to defend themselves. That's where the meet violence with violence comes in, studying movements. So what we're doing right now, we're studying a fascist movement, educating the masses again, which what we're doing right now about how fascism is wrong, how it rises. And then her other approach is having an international workers committee. Doing international solidarity is so incredibly important for this to work. Uh, So for example, we could show solidarity with the indigenous people that are fighting the pipelines right now in Canada. Um, Educating masses about other workers' struggles. Again, what we're doing right now. Uh, Doing demonstrations, even protests. That also works with educating the masses. Um, Demanding the release of political prisoners. Boycotting fascist countries. So what BDS does against Israel. Um, and then fundraising for international comrades. Uh, Absolutely. In fact, um, you know, we hear about Antifa all the time, um, which is just an ideology and not a group of people. Um, so stop thinking that Antifa is just a, a, a an organization. It's not. It's it's a it's oh. it's an ideology that whenever fascists show up. There are anti-fascists there because there's fascists there and they're anti that. So I yeah. did want to talk about, um, now that we're on the topic of other options, 
Um, there's a great tweet thread I found um, from uh, the Twitter at uh, Be Queer Do Crime. Um, yes. And uh, they are a wonderful Twitter um, that gets retweeted by many Antifa Twitters that are not Russian trolls. Um, uh, be careful and vet your Antifa Twitters that you're following. Um, here are a few other options for how you can support your local anti-fascist uh, movements and counter-protests um, besides punching Richard Spencer in the mouth. Um, that works too, though. That That's one's good super propaganda. good. Oh, yeah, but not everybody can be on... Like, not everybody is willing to risk it for the biscuit. Like, not everybody can be super soldiers. <laughs> and that's the thing. The biscuit being... Well, no, the, the biscuit being getting shooted by guns. Um, so, you know... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so, um... What are, we, what are we even going for the biscuit for? Sounds like... Um, so, if you are willing to just get down in the streets and hold up some riot shields and protect people and fight actual fascists toe to toe, God bless you. Um, but you are uh, you are the true soldiers of this revolution. However, if you are not willing to do that, there are more options than that, including but not limited to uh, street medics uh, being the first line yeah. of uh, support of these Sorry. soldiers going out in the streets and fighting fascists. That's be my job. Um, street street medic supports um, getting snacks and water and carving out space and, 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 and protecting space for triage, things like that. Um, running supplies for the street medics. Transportation. You got a big van, especially if it's got a big, big booby lady on the side painted on it, holding a red what? flag. That'd be cool what? as hell. That'd be well, fly big... as hell. What? That'd be fly. <laughs> you ever seen those old, those old like pussy wagons? You ever seen them? Back in the day, they like what? in the seventies, people would paint. Fucking nah, yeah, people would paint. People would paint shit on the side of their fucking um yeah. their their vans. Like wizards and dope. shit. I want yeah. yeah, but I want one of like a really really hot lady, but she's like. So you want you want Stalin like a you want like a cholo fucking Stalin commie like yeah. like lowrider <laughs> van like healthy fuck yes of aesthetic lowrider van well it, it would preferably <laughs> like, like a white Stalin with like a big booty like lady you know <laughs> I want I want I want I mean preferably it'd be a and an that unmarked lady is white the liberation of all but... working men um, yeah. yeah 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 so it's um. <laughs> That's an option. But if you have a car or if you have a truck or if you have any kind of vehicle that can carry people in it, uh, transportation to bring people in and out of uh, these locations is very important. Media surveillance, if you're somebody who doesn't want to get out of the house or if you have some sort of like social anxiety or, or um, you know, uh, what's it called? Agoraphobia, et cetera, et cetera. Um, disability, you can't walk, can't join in the fight specifically. Um, uh, you can stay at your computer and watch live feeds, social media accounts of people on the ground to help your comrades know what's going on from multiple okay. angles. Yep. Uh, you can be uh, the the person in the chair, as they say in Spider Man. Um, you can also care. help. You can also help when you're online. If you see comrades' faces in that video, comrades, not the other people. If you see their faces, report it. Get that video down immediately. 
the last thing you want out there is a video to become viral with a comrade's face if they're doing something that they mm-hmm. don't need their identity like out there for. Yeah, um, it's the reason another, we mask up, y'all. Another I, big thing that you can do, which like if you have pen and paper or if you need time to like, you know, open up whatever browser on your phone while you're listening to this, you right, and you have a couple like bucks to donate, mm-hmm. right? Would be going to HTTPS you know, semicolon forward slash forward slash not semicolon, just a regular colon. Whatever. I, I'm trying. Okay, I'm old. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. So, like, just go to u n i s t o t e n dot camp forward slash support dash u s forward slash donate slash mm. whatever. You put um, that link in the episode description. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll I, I put I def- that link in the have. episode description because <laughs> I with dyslexia spelling a word as it's being spelled in my head i thought you said fucking unistotl so you, i'm you, just you, like that's you, close unistotin you unist okay. I, I don't know i'm probably in, it's I'm not aristotle's a, I'm not. brother aristotle's no it's no it's brother. an indigenous name stop fucking uh, <laughs> jesus christ um, don't yeah. give this to no. the greeks damn it it's like <laughs> don't weirdness. give it to the greeks they have enough <laughs> yeah, well, you know, speaking of like countries that are dealing with fascism, like yeah, right. check out the um, party of the Golden yeah. Dawn or whatever. But my point is, oh, like, yeah. you can donate to them right now. This is a material thing that you can do right now. If you have a couple do- a couple dollars, you can donate um, to their legal fund, their monthly donation yes. program, or their mer- merch store to like help them like get food, help them get supplies to continue to resist the uh, imperialist, colonialist uh, Canadian government that is uh, just blatantly steamrolling over their sovereignty mm-hmm. um, um, and and their holy lands. Thank you. There's also uh, child care, so you can uh, take care of some people who are out in the streets if they have kids. Um, those kids cannot be left alone. Uh, you can, yes, that would be my partner uh, volunteers to do that. Um, and uh, just watching the kids, making sure they have a safe place um, and that they are safe and cared for and protected. Um, counter-radicalization uh to counteract what the fascists are going to be spreading throughout the crowds um they sort of uh propaganda and lies to sort of foment unrest and incite violence um uh community outreach neighborhood watch uh in the areas around where these fascists are gathering making sure that they don't wander off and cause some problems jail support raising bail money um, bringing food and cigarettes uh, to jail support groups, court support, funding lawyers. Um, one of my favorite is a cheerleader slash Antifa mom, uh, where uh, you just kind of give hugs to the people who are, it's really tough out there, y'all. And sometimes you just need some encouragement and love, and that's really important. Um, oh my God, and there's a million others. Uh, I'm sorry? Oh, I said, oh my God, I was born for that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's... Told there's, me I sh- <laughs> I could be doing there's, this. <laughs> yeah, there's this and uh, more multimedia art. There's so many ways. Anything that you do to uh, counteract hate, to counteract um, violence, and to counteract hate crimes and all of these things, and specifically countering fascism whenever it shows up, and getting out and moving out and doing what needs to be done, I would encourage you all to be uh, prepared for this November. Uh, because there's definitely going to be some angry people. Uh, Shit no is going to get fucking unreal. 
yeah, it's going to get pretty fucked real quick. So I would recommend getting prepared um, and trying to uh, familiarize yourself with some people. Uh, obviously, there's the Comradical Twitter. You can reach out to us and we can try to point you in some right directions. And obviously, uh, all of these wonderful people over in the the the, the Red Book Club and uh, all of our all of our good friends. So it's it's okay, easy just to really- be. So I actually also have um, that you could do. So I personally, when I got politically involved, I was pregnant and got especially involved right after I had my son and I wasn't able to show up physically to everything. And so I was like, what what can I possibly do? And so um, there are things you can do like do, um, I don't know, basically like being a tech asset for organizing structures. So basically every organizing group is going to need somebody that um, can get a hold of everybody or who knows what the hell you need in order to carry out whatever the hell you're doing or, um, or needs to be able to, I don't know, do shit like make Facebook events for protests or something. Little things like that are incredibly useful. And just because you don't have the ability to go and physically be there, like you were saying, Haley, not everybody can punch Richard Spencer in the face. Um, and you have to find out what you can do to make a difference. And that was the first place I found I could make a difference because Um, my background was working in administrative stuff. And so I could make spreadsheets. I could plan events. I could spread them on social media. I could create pages and create content and share from there. That's where I got my foothold and understood that I could actually make a difference. And that was so impactful because oddly, you know, you think because we're such a tech heavy society that this is just something that's inherently present in every organizing group. But not and um so that's something that's extremely useful um so if you are administratively proficient um there's definitely a place for you and um also uh shit there was one other thing i was gonna say as far as like oh um as far as the election is concerned because we talked about november um we any any one of us actually the biggest task we have on our shoulders is not in the broad social scale. It's on the individual scale when Mm. we're talking to each other. So we need to do things like not like give people stupid plain faces when make, when they make shitty jokes about um, oppressed groups or, you know, tell them they're not fucking funny and tell them why, Um, you know, we need to to go join proud boys because of it. Right. But I mean, if it's like, hey, what what you're saying is harmful and this is why it's harmful. Most most people that gravitate towards fascist ideology or admire it don't actually understand how they've come to that position where they've been able to view marginalized groups as okay to marginalize. And so if we're like, hey, that wasn't fucking funny and it's because, you know, the reason we have pride parades is because police were attacking LGBT people or something. So it's important that we, on the individual scale, we talk to our friends, our family members, the people we meet casually, whenever we see these contradictions socially that, that create apologism for, for the thought process that allows people to, to rationalize one person being, um, 
being, uh, I don't know, worthy of oppression. We need to mm -hmm. confront those every time we see them. And so like that, I think, is is by far our biggest task is confronting these things when we see them on the minor scale every single time, because those are the ones those are the things that make the biggest difference. So, can, can yeah, I, can I just interject here as as a guy that was once an irony, bro, as it were, um, you know, and sorry, it took a lot my, of what I'm sorry to cut you off. My cat is being very cute right now and she's an Antifa cat, so. I don't blame you for cutting me off for that. Um, so, like, as, as as a former irony bro, and I don't know how many of you out there are actually are still going through this. You know, I'm personally very grateful for the patience and for like, you know, the the heart and like, you know, um, the effort that people put in to to call me in right as many times as they had to right for me to like seize it like. No, dude, most people don't fucking know you like that. They don't know that you're just fucking kidding. And you just look like a fucking asshole and you're making people uncomfortable. And yeah, just because like they're fucking laughing with you, right? Doesn't mean that they're laughing with you on the fucking inside. Okay. That does not mean that like, you know, they actually think you're funny. That means that like, you know, they're just trying to save themselves from the uncomfortability, right? Of having to deal with that awkward fucking moment, right? And irony is fucking dead. It's fucking stupid. You look like a fucking asshole. Stop. And I, I, I also like that you brought. Oops, sorry. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I like the point that you made of saying calling in because calling in, I think, does a world of difference rather than calling out. Calling out is just shaming. Most of these people don't really understand the hurt that they're doing when they say these things. So when you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them and just treat them like a person and be like, Hey, this wasn't cool. And here's why, uh, that goes a hell of a long, lot, long way rather than having some, like someone says something shitty and you're going to make a Facebook post about it. Like really respect people and call them in when they're doing, when they're saying stuff that doesn't seem right because they might not even know that they're hurting people. Also and join a also party. It's never, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. That's it. I'm just saying, join a party. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's if you're if you've made it this far on the blind hope that maybe you could be a better person, just know that um, it's never too late. It's never ever too late um, to be a better person. You know, there are millions of stories. Nah, that hundreds of stories. <laughs> But hundreds of stories of people like, you know, Megan Phelps Roper, uh, who were in, in, entrenched in violent hate groups, people in the KKK, uh, people who were part of the alt-right, people who were actual Nazis, um, like full-blown wearing swastikas marching down the street Nazis who, who came to a realization that they were hurting people and people like we've been saying, brought this to their attention and not necessarily condescendingly, not angrily, but, but calmly kind of nudged them in the right direction. And there are some people who can be nudged and there are some people who cannot be nudged. And the people who, the, a lot of people I've, I've talked to are confused about, well, 
how do I tell who's like a lost cause, right? Like, who can I try to like help and and reason with, and who is so far gone that they're just an enemy? Um, and the thing is, we don't really deal in absolutes like that. There's spectrums for everything, but the people who really are that far gone, it's pretty fucking obvious. And if they're not yeah. that fucking obviously gone to the dark side, they're it's possible that it's they're redeemable. Even if they're the most fucking ironic, 4chan, peppy-slinging, Kekistan motherfucker you've ever seen, if you know they're doing it just to make people angry, like, like, hey, bud, you having a bad day? Like, what's up? Can we talk? Like, I care yeah, about more. you. It, it's yeah, or like, totally... hey, why do women piss you off? Gotcha. Yeah. I think it's it's totally way more, when it's like that, where it's like these people are clearly just doing this for a, re a reaction out of people. It is clearly rooted in some kind of unmanageability in their lives mm -hmm. that, like, you know, isn't rooted in politics. It isn't rooted in, you know, um, any kind of ideology. You know, I don't think that anybody that, like, can can say these things, feel these things. Like it, it's obviously lashing out and it's obviously like this, this person is, is very wounded on the inside. Mm -hmm. So if anything, like I, I just feel pity and I hope that like, you know, these people wind up getting like the help that they need. Yeah. Right. And that like, you know, I think the, the real difference, you know, um, historically was that, um, I'm just going to keep doing this the entire fucking series um, that like the Soviet Union always felt that like, you know, the, the Germans and like the German people, this was like shitty ideology. This was like shitty thinking. This, this wasn't a shitty people, you know, whereas like Nazi ideology, you know, and a lot of like fascist ideology is that like the, the Slavs are like, you know, an, an undermensch. They, they're just like an unsavable people. They are like beneath us. They, they, you know, the, the whole race science, pseudo science bullshit right leads them to believe that there's just something irredeemable about them as a person whereas you know communist ideology right believes that like uh, a lot of the times like you know there, there was a reason why they, they were work camps and not death camps was that like no we believe that like there's something within these people that like has the ability to change and that hopefully they do make that change but if they don't to gulag but to gulag you know, comrade to gulag you know and <laughs> at least like, give know, them a job where they're not spreading their hateful ideology far far away from the In rest the of society place <laughs> hey, imaginable it wasn't always that cold on an archipelago only, no that's based that's so, not even a real that's a fiction book it is, it's a fictional account yeah yeah so it's also super important i think just for um, that, um, that it's pointed out that like, you know, Johnny just said that they didn't, the Soviets didn't like send people to fucking death camps. That's not what happened. The vast majority of the people in that, um, what you would call like the, uh, justice system or like the, um, prison system of sorts. It, it essentially, most people were working the jobs that they worked before they got in trouble and they just mm -hmm. worked for reduced pay. So... Like, that's the vast majority of people that were in the uh, legal system and had been found guilty in the USSR. So they didn't even get my, sent to Siberia. 
One of my favorite <laughs> things I ever, 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 ever saw was in a class I took last semester, and it was um, there was there was talking about we were talking about totalitarianism, and uh, so they they brought up very uh, real thing. <laughs> they brought up the Soviet Union. As uh, they were like, you know, you know, Nazi fascism, totalitarianism, like Germany, Italy, the Soviet Union, it's all the same thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, um, God. And so they played a clip of this lady who was like, they fucking came into my house with uh, without notice. They knocked on the door and they said, hey, you have to come with us. And they took me away and then my mom gave me money because... They didn't know where I was going to go, and I would probably never show up again, and then I never saw my family again, and blah, blah, blah. And that was the end of the clip, and I was I raised my hand. I was like, what the fuck did she do? <laughs> like, what did she do? Because they just, like, they did, like, she, they were literally just like, we need to ask you a couple questions. Can you come to the police? And her mom's like, take this, my daughter. We'll never see you again because we're very obviously Nazis. And she was like, ah, fuck. And they go to the police station and they're like, all right, um, is your family Nazis? And she's like, you'll never take me alive. And they were like, okay, um, fuck. So she I was guess. a Nazi. Yeah, they were obviously Nazis. <laughs> They were obviously oh, no. fucking Nazis, reactionaries, and like they were like super anti-government, as as is wow. clearly stated by the fact that now sixty years later she's like still like oh the Russians are evil. Shocking. So, yeah, shocking, right? Yeah. And so literally, I was like, they don't. They didn't just like go to random houses door by door and go, hey, you're going to the gulags now. Like they they didn't do that. They just they they didn't. What I mean, they did do though was root out fascism and did not fucking tolerate that shit. Look, if you're willing so to put in the time and effort to read Grover Fur, right? There was a period in time where yeah, some people took advantage of the role that they had in I guess what you could call kind of like the secret police and maybe did some fucked up shit. But this isn't like, you know, Stalin signed off on a list of people and then like, you know, like some fucking bullshit disappeared. Yeah. Then they got like, yeah. So here's a parallel to now time. Um, I have several stories or to my friends who have been in serious distress and did not call the cops because they were going to be in Mm -hmm. trouble. So yeah, like that's just a thing that, (laughs) <laughs> like like we don't even call the cops here to get help even though that's supposedly what they do um but they're I heard rumors yeah like here we're terrified of the police in the united states mm-hmm. but there that that's just not it's not the same fucking thing man <laughs> no it's it's apples and eggs like it's you got you can't just you can't just apply our modern sensibilities of what things are here to what things were then there. It's too much different. So, so like, you gotta, yeah. There's an interesting tidbit here on a related note. Um, if you go to the Wikipedia page about whataboutism, um, you will see that uh, they justify whataboutism as a propaganda tool that the USSR used in response to criticisms of its penal system when 
when people would say, oh, my God, you have a gulag, people or the, the Soviet Union would be like, oh, my God, you had slaves and or like, oh, my God, you have more people in prison than anyone ever has. And they're like, that's what about ism? <laughs> right. So right. No. just a, a dirty Soviet propaganda tool. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that that's that that Wikipedia page was really clear framing. I think if you go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, side note, Wikipedia is not where you should get your sources. It's a great place right. to find where people have sourced uh, things, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia is garbage. It's garbage. I, I, so, I think. Yeah. While we're going over just just a real quick example, right? Like stories of of people, you know, talking about like, oh, my, my my grandfather, you know, was uh, the fucking king of eggs in China before Mao came along, and we, my grandma, lived in a mansion. <laughs> That's like, a specific instance, Johnny. <laughs> I, all right, well, whatever. My point is, I actually I, I have a friend, and I don't know if he'll ever listen to this. My point is though, that, like he talks a lot about how like you know his grandparents were pharmacists in cuba you know um pre-revolution and how like you know uh after the revolution they like showed up for work you know at the pharmacy in the morning and uh somebody told them that uh you don't you don't work here anymore and they were like all right well we got to get the fuck out of here then i guess um and it's just kind of like okay well like you know do you know that that's all the fucking details that were involved? I mean, and I'm not trying to say that like your grandparents were like bad people or something, but you also got to remember is that like throughout these revolutions, right? There were people that were living in like, you know, a pretty comfortable standard of living under Batista, even though he was murdering and torturing people, you know, it's kind of like how for every revolution, right? There's only like a minority, like a what is it, like less than twenty percent of the population that actually like you know is in there in the shit during the revolution, you know. And there are people that are living like a relatively comfortable standard of living, you know, as you know whatever privileged class of people that they are, right? And I'm not saying like super like they were living in a fucking mansion. Sometimes they just owned like regular old house and had a regular old fucking job. And, uh, you know, when you overturn the entire economic and political system in a country, sometimes the transition period to, like, stability is uh, kind of fucky there for a minute. And some people fucking bail. And sometimes some people, like, you know, uh, their relative standard of living changes and not everybody's fucking happy about that. But overall, the standard of living, the standard of like education, the standard of healthcare, the standard of, you know, fucking food and housing and all these other things changes for the better. And I think that's a really important thing to try and understand when, you know, we're talking about propaganda and when we're given anecdotal stories about like, you know, uh, well, this person got taken by the secret police. Um, well, like, you know, do, do you know what these impressions? Not like, gonna lie. I'm, I'm sorry, do, do, God, do, these impressions are so good right now. Did, did, did you know this person personally? Do, do you know everything that like they were <laughs> taking place in? It's like, you know, when you put like, it's something wrote, and he says, he says that, that everybody was dying. Like, well, first of all, you know. The, the real life people to corroborate this this harrowing tale of Gulag Archipelago, like his fucking wife, um, have li- literally admitted to like it was fiction. 
fiction. It didn't happen. You know? Um, and I think that's like an important thing to take away when like, you know, we're, yeah. you know, hearing these stories and we're reading these sources with like, you know, and the, and you know, and the thing is, uh, the, there wasn't any like horrible, awful gulag archipelago and all of the rich, you know, uh, po- political class elite leader class of the world and, even in Russia, they're not going to wind up there after the revolution. So we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately. So, <laughs> I want more impressions. Uh, <laughs> all right. First of all, all right, first of all, Putin is not a fucking communist. All no, right? no, but he no. is one of the rich, super rich elite leader class, and he's not going to wind up in the gulag. He's an oligarch. Putin. So, like, how we're... little do you have to fucking understand? Kind of comment is it? It hurts me. It it physically hurts me. Okay, because at the same time, he does. He's such a fucking. I, I hate him, but he does so much shit that I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Intervene. Don't let the U.S. fucking overthrow Maduro in Venezuela. Or like yeah 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 like you know uh uh disrupt what yeah 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 this is the kind of shit that Johnny gets excited over I'm gonna do a legit fucking impression of something I actually heard him say and getting excited like he's watching a fucking sporting event going yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. disrupt Western hegemony <laughs> yeah that that's Johnny that's yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah that's that's the thing to be excited about like I wish it is China super would do exciting it. where are you President um, G I oh, love yeah. you but why aren't you doing this. Come on, bud. I just want a hug. From Get on my, it. I want a hug from my chairman dad. Anyway, um, so <laughs> we all do. I, uh, yeah. So uh, we do have to wrap up, unfortunately. But I think we've covered a lot of really good ground here, and also we have come up with uh, a couple of really good resources for everybody to check on. Um, primarily, uh, I want you to go out and read uh, "The Struggle Against Fascism" uh, by Clara Zetkin. Uh, and also, I'm also recommend... uh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm also recording an audio book of it. I'm going to start working on it because people have requested it. So if you are a driver or something, you can listen to it That's instead me. of reading. Um, also, so also sure. the book club is going to be covering fighting fashion, how to struggle and how to win by Clara Zetkin. Essay. And um, so we'll be doing an episode about that as well. If you need more audible driving type content um, to learn about fascism. And um, also uh, check out the uh, Black Shirts and Reds by Michael Parenti. And um, for a more less le- more center, less cool uh, take on the sociology of fascism. Check out the Anatomy of Fascism by Robert O. Paxton. Um, and or just YouTube Michael Parenti. He's amazing to listen to. It's yeah, mustache is on point. Check out um the uh, Philosophy of Antifa by um Philosophy Tube. Uh, it's a really great and informative video. Um, check out uh Cody Johnston at some more news on YouTube. Does a wonderful series. Uh, it's a four-part series that is confusingly titled, but it starts with Donald Trump isn't Hitler, I believe is the first episode in that series. And uh, his thesis statement is, yes, Donald Trump is not literally Hitler, but he is a fascist. So um, 
that's a good resource as well if you want to get more into that. And uh, uh, yeah, I have one more. One more. Yes, uh, if you want to know more about where Hitler got his ideas. Uh, I would check out Hitler's American model, the United States and the making of Nazi race law. It mm. goes to heavy detail about where Hitler, Hitler got everything from America. And, yep. And um, if you, you want to know how to fight against fascism, um, historically, I don't think there's any better answer to that than to organize and to join a party. There is the Party for Socialism and Liberation at pslweb.org. There's the uh, Party of Communists USA at partyofcommunistusa.org. There's CPUSA, Communist Party USA. Yeah. There's even the DSA if you are. Nah, like, nah, fuck that. No. Go to, or the yeah, IWW. IWW has the General Defense Committee, which is fucking awesome. Yes, they do. And we have an organizer training 101. Much um, done in branch. They can help you learn also, how to use a, or how to have effective action. And there's um, also the Freedom Road Socialist Organization. There are so many. And if you look and, into uh, these, that I'm sure someone can reach out to you and help you online. There are also many, many, many Twitters you can follow um, and individual Twitters that will point you towards other very good Twitters, including our own. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, if you're depending on what city you're in or near, uh, if you give a good old search Aroni for, uh, that city plus Antifa, you will most likely find several Twitters and go through and make sure they're not troll accounts that are talking about it, uh, in a weird way. And you'll notice that if it's tweeting about things like, Oh, the leadership or, uh, we, if you want to join or this and that, um, that's probably not real. If they're talking about, if they're if they're um, wearing their Docs Martins and talking about many fascists in their local area and how they're dangerous and should be avoided or reported at any moment and have their lives made hell, um, that's probably your best bet right there, bud. So um, check those ones out and make sure you get involved. And remember, you don't have to be on the street fucking taking fire in order to to fight fascism there's many ways to do that and part of that is uh sharing this podcast around to your friends that's right so uh you can tweet at us at comradical pod uh you can tweet at me at hey stews um johnny would you like to give your handle mlnj gang gang all caps <laughs> yes <laughs> um <laughs> and our, our wonderful guests, would you please like to plug anything that you're you're rolling with and all of all of your pertinent Twitters? Sure. Uh I don't know who the fuck I am on <laughs> Let me look. <laughs> uh, Twitter handle. My <laughs> Oh, I'm coming. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry, go ahead, Talia. <laughs> uh I I'm at the underscore minyan m-i-n-y-a-n um and then you can figure out what my twitter is from there i think i don't feel comfortable saying what my twitter wow. is wow <laughs> so um, uh i'm comrade wow. jess, at comrade jess on twitter and um 
My project where you can find me the most is at Red Book Club Pod on Twitter. Um, but also it's just called the Red Book Club. But also Talia and I and some other amazing non-men comrades are working to revamp the pod we started together called The Tolerant Left. And so um, go ahead and look for us there as well. And it's Tolerant Left Pod on Twitter for that. Phenomenal. And um, yes, thank you both so much for coming on and sharing your your wisdom and knowledge and experience on this very painful uh, topic and bringing some hope and light to the discussion. Uh, so often we find ourselves just wallowing in despair when confronted by the true fucking evil that surrounds us. And uh, it's good to know that there is a way out and that way out is through reading books. That's right, people. <laughs> Go on down your local library and say, give me that fucking yeah. uncut shit. And they'll go Hell, take you to the red yeah. section where all the all the communists are. And you go, you read some Lenin. Mm, mm, that's delicious Lenin. Oh, let me reach over here. Try some marks. Oh, mm, oh, that's a good starter. But oh, oh, who's this? It's Michael Parenti coming down the road. And you're just going to have yourself a good old fucking brain <laughs> snack on these fucking good, good words from the good, good comrades. And if you want more recommendations, go to the Red Book Club and listen to them because it's going to be... Uh, a real fun time because there's nothing better than getting some delicious brain snacks of of smart words from smart people who are smarter than me. So, um, if your library you has so Michael Parenti, that's amazing, and that's you should a cool feel, fucking yeah, library, like, dude. You, you should fucking like figure out who's the communist that's putting those yeah. books in your library. They're the, so it's right, not even in the Dewey Decimal one. System. It's just fucking. They're just putting them on the shelf. <laughs> Oh, no. So also Marxist.org has one of the best archives of Marxist literature, probably the best archives of Marxist literature in English language that you can find. And it's free. And it's all free. Even if they fucked up the transcription of a couple things. Free? It's free. So go to Marxist.org. And um, their archive is all there. There's some really amazing shit in there. I want you to know I am playing the Soviet National Anthem underneath right now. Um, I hope it's the Paul Robeson version. Yeah. Um, so so um, before we close out, um, I I know that like indigenous uh, sovereignty and indigenous liberation has been like, you know, a thing that we keep coming back to um, mm-hmm. on this episode. And I want to give everybody like a minute to like look up uh, whose land or territory that like they're presently occupying like that has been on this episode and you know for me right now as like you know uh, an occupier a, a settler you know I'm in, in incredibly you know uh, ashamed that there's like you know I feel like there's definitely more that I could be doing um, but I am currently occupying Lenape land it was uh, illegally taken Um you know, by the, from the Lenape people. And I really want to acknowledge that. And I want to acknowledge that on uh, every platform that I can, that, you know, this is a Lenape land. Uh, this isn't New Jersey. This is Lenape land. Um, and I also uh, would like to acknowledge the land I am currently a settler on, and that being uh, on the borderline between the Creek and Cherokee nations. Um uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so, uh, my, 
I, I, I would like to do more uh, as well. And I think at, at least for now in the position we're at is to raise an awareness because I feel like more often than not, um, we just take for granted the fact that we're here and that we were born here. And yes, we did not choose to be here, but um, they did not choose to be moved. So it was, uh, it's, it's generally a pretty fucked up time for everybody. Um, but it's at least good to have an awareness and to have a certain sense of uh, somberness that this is uh, this land you're an occupier on. And in, uh, in, a, in, in a perfect revolutionary world, we will allow all of the people who were displaced to reclaim their ancestral lands, um, which would be super fucking cool. But as for right now, Thank you for listening. Um, and remember, as always, seize the means. Stay calm, radical. Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.